0: Welcome to the Uphill Athlete Podcast. My name is Steve House, and I'm here today with Coach Alyssa Clark. Welcome, Alyssa.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Uh, Just a little bit about me. I'm a really long-distance ultra runner, um, and I'm one of the new coaches at Uphill Athlete, as well as helping with this podcast and a bunch of other awesome projects that we have uh, coming up. So, um, Steve, we are here to talk about a lot of fun things. Um, But first of all, I know you want to say something about uh, Scott.
0: Yeah, that's right. I wanted to start off today because this is the first podcast in a long time and first podcast uh, without Scott as part of Uphill Athlete. And I wanted to just send a big shout out of thanks and gratitude for all that Scott contributed to my life over the last uh, almost 20 years that we've worked together and all the great projects we've done. And last, but certainly not least, this incredible project that is up at
1: Yeah, well, I think all of us in the mountain community and beyond can say that we're incredibly thankful for that partnership and all that it has brought to to us i mean it truly is an icon um, of mountain sports and you really have changed the way that we move in the mountains so thank you both from all of us who are big fans um so i guess we'd want to start with what are some of the um changes that you've seen in uphill athlete but also maybe some of the things that have stayed the same
0: yeah well, what fundamentally stays the same is what we do and why we do it. You know, we are here to to educate and inspire mountain athletes and you know we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to continue to education for me is inclusive of coaching, our training groups, our training plans and of course all the free content on the website or the content in the books. That to me is all education and the inspirational piece is one where we're supporting each other by telling stories and sharing sharing stories and especially the stories of that are you know for me those those kind of gritty raw real life moments for me the stories are not the ones of you know the conquest or the win or whatever it's not that kind of a dialogue it's more the stories of like hey it was really windy and snowy and cold today and i went out in and did my training and i screamed at the wind and i you know i had my hood zipped all the way up and you know and i got my workout in anyway um and yeah all of that is is uphill athlete because it's education it's celebration it's community You know, it all comes down to you know sharing this incredible joy and awe that we all feel when we're moving in the mountains.
1: For sure, and I can attest to the fact that I have definitely screamed at the wind in the past while training because wind's not my favorite, but we're working on that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think I think those stories are super important. I think at the end of the day, in many ways, it is storytelling that we're trying. Like it's education and storytelling. And I think without those, like, what do you have? They
0: overlap too, right? They education, the best stories educate and inspire.
1: Absolutely. As an English teacher, former English teacher, it's really making my heart proud to hear that. Um, And also too, it's like, that's what inspires us is it's the stories of what we've heard in the past that are the reason why we get back out into those mountains.
0: Yeah, and I think we started basically on this singular idea of taking conventional endurance training methodologies and practices and translating them for unconventional athletes. And by, I hope you take that as a compliment, <laughs> all of you listening. But by that, I mean, you know, of course, we started with alpinism, but, you know, running 240 miles through the utah desert like you recently did or or whatever those are also pretty unconventional uh, i would call if you can even call them a sport it's not a sport as much as a, a quest right and for me that's you know what we've always done and that's what we'll always continue to do and from that core from that core piece oh springs all kinds of 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 stories and education and inspiration and mountains are awesome and awesomeness inspires us to do great things and we get to see ourselves do great things and we get to see others do great things i mean there's nothing you were telling me about you know the other uh, was it last weekend when you were pacing a friend at an ultra which which one was it
1: yeah so i was pacing a friend at uh, rio de lago 100 miler um and she was going for a finish that was a struggle in a good way. Like it was a an emotional and physical journey for her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you were there pacing her. And then one of our other coaches, Will was there pacing a friend of his. And then Will pulled his hamstring after what, like 17 miles. And then your husband, Cody stepped in and paced this guy. He didn't even know for how many miles.
1: Yeah. So like 14 and, uh, yeah. And now they're best buds. So it's just so funny. And
0: that's, that's like, that's what these, these stories are about. These are about human connections and stepping in to help a complete stranger, you know, we'll witness them pull, dig deep to do something, help them to dig deep to do something and you get a friendship out of it I mean it's just it's just amazing like that that's what that's what mountain sports about that I feel like a lot of especially team competitive sport just sort of misses at least in my experience
1: yeah I totally agree I think that I always say that um ultra running is about the community because it's not us versus us it's us versus the challenge of Um, the event or the challenge of the course. And I mean, similarly to mountain sports, it's like us, not necessarily versus the mountain, but versus the challenge of what we've set forth. And it's our job to help each other get to our potential. Cause I think it's not about standing on top of the mountain. It's about seeing if you can even come close to touching what you believe you're capable of doing and, I say that all the time when I'm asked about my own running is like, what what are you trying to do? I'm like, I have so many people believing me and supporting me to try to even come close to seeing what my potential is. Like, that's what I want to do. It's not win races. It's not any of that. It's not conquering mountains. It's about how close can I get to what I believe I'm capable of. Um, but that being said, I mean, that's, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry. No, now. I want to unpack that for a second because... You know, I want to give that a little perspective because let's, if I think back, it was uh, less than 150 years ago when Wimper climbed the Matterhorn for the first time. It was 1865. And back then, you know, climbing the, you know, it was the end of the Romantic period. People were realizing that there weren't actually evil spirits and dragons living on the tops of these mountains. And they thought, well, maybe we can climb up there and see what there is and it was these sort of competition to try to get there to these summits the first time um they were incredible adventures there was all kinds of close calls and loss of life along the way and that was kind of the era that born that from which mountain sports was born from and then that in my mind continued until the uh, World War One and two, and in the post war era, mountaineering and mountain sport became this way of reestablishing national identity. You know if you were Italian and you were on the losing side of World War Two, you know climbing k two was an incredible thing, a incredible event for your national identity. It gave you pride again, it gave you something to be proud of, and you know if That was, I think, continued until like the the 80s when I would say we entered what I call the Mesner era where, you know, it was no longer about nationalism. It was actually about individualism and it was about firsts and it was about and that led us into where we've kind of come in these last few years. It's about speed records, FKTs new roots and things like that. And I feel like we're actually closing that chapter for me, especially in the broadest sense of mountain sports, where we're entering the chapter that you just described, where uphill athlete as a community and the people who are uphill athletes and identify with what we do, they are out there trying to find out what they're capable of. And, and writing their own stories. And those stories may be written on the same mountains as, you know, Wimber climbed in 1865, but they're still their stories and they're relevant mostly to them. And probably nobody's going to write a book about that, those uh, since, you know, 150 years from now. But it doesn't matter. We're past that. We're in a different, we're in a different era. It's the era of finding out what, individually capable of and how we can show up for ourselves every day.
1: Definitely. I also think kind of touching on the point of the FKTs and speed records is that those are set with teams. Like that those are not generally uh, yes, there might be one person running up the mountain, but it's generally a whole team that got them to the start and it's a whole team um, that's supporting them, that probably wrecked with them or like looked at the course together that gave beta. Like it's almost yeah. like it's accepted that if you're going for a record, you talk to the person who had the record before. And A, it's like a sign of respect, but also a means of gathering data and, and information of how to get there. And a lot of these records are supported. And that, I mean, that's just an enormous community investment. Um, that goes into that so I think um, that also is just a testament to like we reach our potential by doing it together
0: yeah absolutely and it's so cool it's also like people support what they help create concept right like you know you're going and you're gathering the 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 intel if you will from the prior FKT holder and they're probably Telling you, like, oh yeah, what I would have done different is this and that. This is probably the 20 minutes that is the difference between the two times in the end, you know. And, and it may just be as, as simple as that. So I absolutely agree that that's that's where we're at. And you know, and I think that's what it, one of the cool things about as I go out in the mountains, you know, at this stage of my life too, you know, the people that I see every day on the trails. Um, ski trails and, and mountain trails around here where I live, it's it's you know a lot of the same people all the time. And it's, you know, we we kind of know each other. You know, we don't I may not know their names, I don't may not know their addresses, but I recognize them and I see them out and we're sort of nod at each other. And we all know we're kind of like in the same sort of uh brotherhood or sisterhood. <laughs> it's great.
1: Oh definitely. And I think that actually ties in really well to what you see Uphill Athlete as this amazing foundation that we have built, like, you know, we have hundreds of years of people who have climbed mountains that we can then go back and learn from. And here you have this foundation of Uphill Athlete that's been built in this beautiful and intentional way. What do you see are the things that now you look at and go, we can take this and we can do better and kind of what's that story behind it?
0: yeah great question well there's so many there's so many things that are exciting for me right now like one is you know we're going to continue to work on the website we're continuing to write the website is not finished in terms of content um there's some there's some big pieces of content uh coming you know around uh, rock climbing um around training for tactical athletes um around uh diet nutrition, uh, sports psychology, mental health. There's a lot of big topics left for us to work on and um, each of those topics deserves its own deep dive, you know, I don't know what you want to call a landing page or, or cornerstone page on the website, you know, these like our, like our mountain running or our mountaineering or strength training landing pages where it's, you know, those are 8, 10, 14,000 word articles there they take a while to they're almost mini booklets in themselves and then you know there's a lot of um a lot of spaces in between for lots of interesting uh subjects that people are are interested in that are admittedly narrow but still very interesting so i think that there's a ton of of writing work to do that's one area um the podcast which we're going to continue and you know we're going to talk about and I want you to talk about specifically more in a little bit um i think that there's also some some really great uh things to do uh with with video with continuing to build on shamani mountain fit uh we're filming some more of that uh we're also go- working on uh producing more strength training related video content in the follow the trainer genre um i want to talk some more about that but yeah there's there's a lot of, of great things coming, a lot of great, great stuff.
1: Definitely. Um, so I guess to go back a little bit, um, what, like how did this kind of new, and I hate to say new, because again, we're, we're sticking, like we are we do have the same values. We still have the, like the same training We're we are the same company in many ways, but we are different. What, um, kind of, how did that difference come up and like what happened, um, in the past that like we, it's been talked about a fair amount, um, on other podcasts and kind of, I want to hear from you of what you saw as, Um, kind of that split and then this new kind of old direction, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that, you know, Scott and I just reached a point in our, you know, vision for Uphill Athlete and where it just no longer made sense to continue uh, in a partnership. And, you know, my vision which is the only one I can speak to uh is is a pretty big vision you know i'm a I think that uh sometimes I tell people this this is the great thing about turning fifty at least I hope you get this before you turn fifty, but uh you know I'm not in any way you know holding myself back anymore from for people I'm not um, you know I had to keep myself pretty small for a long time and within the context of uphill athlete and I'm not a small guy (laughs) I mean I'm not very big I'm only 5'10 but I mean that's small in the sense of I'm ambitious and I use the analogy if people want to talk to me about um you know I use the analogy of of my climbing career I was not a well-known climber because of my climb the hardest moves. I think the only thing that built my climbing career was that I had big ideas and I had visions that other people couldn't see. And I was willing to work for 10, 15, 20 years really hard to realize those visions. And that's the kind of personality, that's the kind of person I am. And I've been holding myself back in that way for the last few years because it was too overwhelming for some of the people that i worked with and you know this was when it became clear uh that scott and i weren't going to be able to continue working together i also laid this out to the coaches and i said hey like this is what i want to do with uphill athlete i don't intend to go anywhere um, I have a three-year-old, a six-year-old. This is the second half of my life. Uh, I'm young. I'm relatively young. I've got a big vision for what uphill athlete, not as a not as a company, but as a community, can do for mountain sports. And I really think I've told I've said this many times. I really think we've just scratched the surface. For example, like uh, you know, two thousand climbers go to Everest this spring too to climb Mount Everest and last year we, we trained 10. So, you know, what is that? It's like, you know, 0.005%, you know, 10,000 people ran the UTMB. We coached one, you know, that's, that's, that's one 100th of a percent or something like that. We're, we're, we're barely, barely scratching the surface. And one of the things that uh, I said to, that I've been saying to, to Scott for a while, and that I laid out really clearly over the summer to the the coaches was exactly how big my vision is. And I really do think that we can play a major role in shaping how people engage with mountain sports, how they prepare themselves physically, of course, but also how they prepare themselves mentally. I think that's an area we haven't done enough work on. And all of the things that contribute, for example, you know, one of the areas that we're growing into more is working with uh, physical therapists to do online consultations and screenings before an athlete starts coaching or starts on a training plan so that you can make sure you're not getting injured. Um, You know, or if you're coming back from an injury, how do you know that you're ready to start training? Well, okay, how do we build that in? You know how do we build in a, a meal plan that is custom tailored to your training over you know a, a multi-month period? These are the kinds of things that that we can do. That I'm uh, have ambitions to to do and work on. And you know, to be honest, I think that uh, you know there are people that are attracted to these these big ideas and want to contribute and help and dig in and love getting busy and working and working with purpose. And there are people that, you know, want to work 15 or 20 hours a week and go climbing a lot. And that's also completely fine. I needed a bunch of people on my team that were really motivated to dig in and work and produce Education content, tell stories, develop ideas, and build them out and you know that's a big that's a big ask and I think that um, you know those were those were some of the kind of you know big ideas that that I've been holding back for a number of years, and I just frankly wasn't willing to hold back anymore uh,
1: well, thanks for sharing and personally. Um, I'm super glad that you are going with it because, um, I think we're very similar. We're big idea, big energy people. And I, from the, <laughs> maybe sometimes to probably our, our spouses, uh, children. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe we should get our spouses together. They could have a support group. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Yes. That's probably a good idea. Um, they'd probably appreciate that. But I think, um, first of all, really appreciate you sharing that. I, I think you can hear the emotion in your voice of how important this is to you. Um, and and I can understand that too, where it's like, you're so passionate about helping people and helping make these changes that it feels like it's bursting out of you um, in a way. And I've seen this passion and drive um, just from the first conversation that we had Um, And so I fully believe that we can do this. And I know it comes from a place, again, that education and just celebration piece where I think when you're an athlete who's had a fair amount of success, I mean, I say fair for me, an enormous amount of success for you is that you know what that feels like and you want to share that. um, And you've said that over and over, uh, like through all the podcasts that I've heard and just the story that you tell about the beginning of Uphill Athlete. and so I think that, you know, here's honestly just the beginning. Like I tentatively titled this episode, A New Mountain to Climb. Um, and I think that we're standing there ready to, to climb, but we've already, cl- like, not starting from the bottom, but starting from a new elevation, and like we've discovered a new mountain that we can go after.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, to me, that's what... Really good leadership is, is if you put it into an analogy, it's like climbing a mountain and getting the whole team to the top and everybody's on the top and they're celebrating in their sight. And then like after a couple of minutes of celebration, leader says, okay, and now we're going to climb that one. <laughs> you know and and what do you guys think how should we go about it where's the route like who's gonna who's gonna pack the food who's gonna take care of you know the gear who's gonna do the route finding who's gonna you know and and then you break it down and attack the next you know attack the next client and attack the next project and you know i think that that's this is how Um, this is how we succeed together and not just as a team of, of coaches and all the support staff we have at a full athlete, but also as a team, as a community.
1: Yeah. And from the group of coaches and the people that you've brought together, I can already see that every single one of those people would be like, yeah. And let's do the mountain after that too. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's, I gotta say at least, I mean, you've been, you're right you're absolutely part of this it it's been such an incredible experience to have put my intention out into the universe i don't want to sound too metaphysical here but it was shocking how people just came in like uh you know to look like like it was like it was a magnet or something i don't know like you know out of the woodwork and out of the community and it's been absolutely incredible and the the, the quality of the coaches that we have now working um, and that we're developing uh, some new coaches as well it's it, it's kind of mind-boggling i honestly think you know we just have the best coaching team ever at this point and uh that's it's I don't know what happened. I couldn't explain it. It's just like, where did you, like you, like, where did you come from? <laughs> like, I mean, I know you've been in our community for years, but all of a sudden it's just like, wow. I mean, and you know, you're doing such amazing things with, with the podcasts and, and, you know, everybody's got contributing. And and it's been one of the things I think that happened that was really clear for me because I, I had a minute to really think about how I wanted to proceed with uphill athlete once i once it was clear that I got to make all the dec- decisions uh, at least for the on the outset as to how to refocus as a as a company one of the things that was really clear is I wanted every i wanted to build a world class team of coaches of course, but I wanted every coach to have its own their own unique superpower and this is absolutely manifested. I don't know how, but like, you know, everybody, everybody has some, you know, whether it's, it's you with your, know your, your education, your podcasting background, or, you know, we have uh, Alexa who has a, you know, besides a master's in exercise physiology and a master's in sports psychology. She's working on her doctorate in sports psychology. She's been a race director. She's run, I don't know how many ultras. You know, I mean, not only is she an experienced coach with a bunch of years of experience, but she also has this whole other gift around and, and interest and passion around sports psychology. It's like, wow, okay, here's a person that we can bring in we can bring her in as a coach and she's incredibly valuable and and good as a coach, but she also has this whole other Skill incredible skill set that is going to be beneficial to to us as a team of coaches internally because we know like if we have an athlete that's struggling for example getting back to training after an injury and we suspect that you know there's maybe a a, a mental component we can we know who to we have somebody to call them now <laughs> like we like every one of you that's come in has that incredible unique superpower and it's it's really cool it's really cool
1: yeah and I can attest to that just. um Spoiler alert, I'm the one running the coach's email. So if you email the coach, <laughs> it's most likely me responding. Um, coach at
0: uphillathlete.com. Yeah, that is Lisa right now.
1: <laughs> it is me. Uh, so yeah, if you want to say hi, um, feel free to, to shoot an email to that. But I can say that there have been some really thoughtful and interesting emails that um, either out of my expertise and i'm willing to fully admit that because i think that's another part of um what steve has kind of built is that we are not all experts at everything Um, we have our strengths but we also need our our other strength is relying on the team for parts that we feel um less of an expert on and i'm i try to always be very transparent that i want to ask for help and i have so much yet to learn um, and so what's been amazing is I'll get an email and I'll be like, wow, that like, I really want to help this person as best that I can, but I might not be the best equipped. So I'll shoot it into our group text and I'll have like 10 incredibly thoughtful, amazing responses right away. And like people already offering to help or like get on the phone with them. And so I've just seen this wealth of knowledge and also just and I think this is another piece I'd love for you to touch on, Steve, because you talk about this a lot, is that coaches have to be empathetic, um, in many ways vulnerable. And so I think that that's something I see, too. It's something I have always tried to practice as well as being an empathetic person, because I don't really think you can be a good coach if you don't have empathy. Um, yeah, and I'd love to hear like your take on that, too, Steve.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and that's one of the things that I feel very convinced about both personally and professionally is this idea of leading with vulnerability. And as as I think you can attest, at least I like I will frequently start any kind of conversation with a coach, whether it's individually or in a group by telling him exactly how I'm showing up. You know, maybe I'm tired, maybe I'm not having a good day, maybe I'm having a good day, but I'm not going to, Uh, I will still then proceed to give my very best, (laughs) you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to be vulnerable with, with where I'm coming from and who, who I'm showing up as that, that day. And I think that that's so key because that's how we have to relate to our athletes because our athletes that we, whether they're coach or working from a training plan, they're, they're giving it their all they're, you know, they're getting out the door as much as they can. And if, you know if they miss two workouts in a week and they get some you know scolding from their coach like i mean maybe that was okay in 1980 but you know i don't think that's okay frankly anymore and i frankly just don't think it's productive i think that what that's not what the person people need people need like okay you missed two days of training this week this is here's what that means and here's how we're going to move forward based on that and how can I help you only miss one workout next week? <laughs> or zero. You know, what's you know, and, and, and work from, from a place of connection and empathy and understanding to try to get the athlete into a better place. And that's I think uh, you know, that's that's where the that's where coaching can really change people's lives.
1: So going off of that coach and the coach themselves being empathetic and vulnerable. I think that the act of asking for coaching is one of the most vulnerable states that a client or, you know, an athlete can put themselves in because you are A, admitting that um, you need someone else's help um, and asking for help, which can be a very hard thing to do. Um, And also, I mean, if you think about the things that matter most to us, if you ask someone like, what's your goal for this 100K? Oftentimes people won't tell you. They might not even tell you that they're running a 100K because they're scared um, of being vulnerable and of failing. And so we are truly helping people reach that goal that is the scariest and puts them at their most vulnerable self. And that is something that's both, I think, I as a a teacher, I used to say to my students, the greatest gift that you can give people is your vulnerability. And I think that at this, like mountain sports are a place of vulnerability because you're chasing after a goal that you don't even know you can do. And that's really scary and also really amazing. Um, And so I think as a coaching staff, it's our it's our job and it's our duty in a way to hold that vulnerability very carefully. And so I, you know, I think again, as I've said, we have a coaching staff that I think that, that can hold that vulnerability very carefully. Um, and I know that you want to say a few more things about um, kind of who that, who they are and you know, what you see the coaches are as um, in the upper athlete. So yeah, that's just, I love talking. I about love that.
0: that. <laughs> yeah. And I think we're going to get to talk ab- about it more, I hope, because, and I love what you said about asking for coaching as being vulnerable or admitting that you're going to 100K you're gonna try to run a hundred K or admitting that you're going to try to run a mile. I mean, there's, you know, and, and honestly, like this goes to exactly to some of the the things that, that we want to do with uphill athlete is we want to make it more accessible. I mean, what makes the mountains more accessible than fitness? I mean, and, and, and that's not just me- physical fitness either, honestly. It's 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 mental health too. And, you know, all these things are, of course, intertwined and related. But I think that that's a, a great observation. I lo- love the words you've shared about, about that. I was thinking as I was, you know, putting this new team of of coaches together with with some of the you know bedrock coaches that, that stayed with Uphill Athlete, that I wanted as as I said, I wanted everyone to be a great coach, but I also wanted them to have some unique power. And you know, this this goes back to you know a lesson I learned you know, as you know, I worked for Patagonia for a bunch of years, 22 years. And we used to be involved in all kinds of uh, product development. And it was really fun work. And over those 22 years, I was working with and for like a lot of different people um, who were in charge of different pieces of the company at different times, whether that was, you know, outerwear or backpacks or like luggage or whatever it was. And one of the one of the best lessons I think from from this that I this experience that I had was the the backpacks, and I remember when we first uh, introduced the ascensionist backpacks, as, we, as they're called. It, it took us, I want to say, I want to say, I want to say, it was five years. <laughs> it was a really long time. And over those five years people within you know within the the company touching that project were would change because people would either move to another job or or some take a new job or whatever. And when we first came out with them, I thought that, you know, all things aside, I thought think that they were really super successful and really excellent packs. There's for sure things I would change in hindsight, but given what we had and what we knew then, we came out with three really great climbing mountain backpacks, at three really great prices, and those are and really great simple designs that like lived up to our ethos and all that so that continued that launched a successful line of technical packs and what happened was every this people need to understand this those of you that get frustrated when a product goes away (laughs) um they need to understand the life cycle of most products that you know the the first year product comes out, it's of course really successful. The second year it's a little less successful. The third year it's like ten sells ten percent of what it did the first year. And that's just sort of the that's a consumer product life cycle for the most part. There are for sure classics, which I could tell I'll talk about in some other stories probably, because there's been lots of lessons from my time there. But one of one of the lessons from this was that we had to redesign the backpacks roughly every three years. And one of the times, you know, I remember I was working with Josh Warden and Kelly Cordis, and we were the previous backpacks. We just felt were an abomination. We just we didn't like them. There was all kinds of things wrong with them. Blah blah blah. And we did a we did a meeting an offsite, and somehow Josh and I convinced <laughs> the powers to be to let he and I have full control. <laughs> let's just say that it was a complete disaster. I mean, they did allow us full control and they did make those backpacks and they did sell them, but they were horrible. (laughs) And, you know, at the time, we thought they were the best, you know, but then I didn't dawn on me how bad they were until the next year when I went to a, a product meeting and I watched one of my fellow ambassadors who didn't know that, the backstory just completely just like walk, do a full walkthrough of why that backpack was complete crap junk. And he was right. He was, and, and I remember just sort of sitting there listening and having it dawn on me. I was just like, he's totally right. Like he's right about that. He's right about every single thing. And I think that the, the problem with the backpack wasn't the problem with the backpack was that there were only two people working on it what was so great about the first backpacks is we had like probably 20 people working on it and everybody contributed a little thing and everybody had a different viewpoint and there was still enough of a leadership structure to when it was necessary make the decisions on what were the what which ideas had enough merit to kind of trump the other ideas and come to some decisions because ultimately some decisions have to be made even when you're making something as simple as a backpack which is just cloth and straps and that for me was was very um very important learning experience and so as we as i relate to athlete. You know, I want a team of coaches that all has slightly different perspectives and slightly different experiences because that's how we're going to build the best product. Because everybody can bring something. If you have a completely flat structure where you can have like the ten, like the like ten Josh Wharton and Steve Houses, and the in the, but if it's a flat structure, you're still going to produce a horrible backpack. You 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 need ten people or twenty people that all have different skills and you need a little bit of a of a of a leadership structure so that somebody at the end of the day can say, no, this is what we're gonna do. And 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 that's that's how it works, I'm afraid. <laughs> and in my experience. And and I think that you know as I was building the coaching team and looking for those people, you know, it's not you can start to understand, I think, Elisa, like, you didn't know, like how many, how much of you I was kind of interviewing in a sense when we, we, when we started talking a number of months ago, because it's not just coaching skill. It's like, can I work with this person? Does this person have ideas? Does this person have the confidence to uh, project their ideas? Uh, does this person have the self awareness to be able to admit that they might not know something? All of these things are really important when you're building a team. You can't just build a team of uh, people who all think they know everything because nothing's going to happen. And you also can't just have a team of one because that's too much of an echo chamber and that doesn't work either. And so the the coaching team that we're putting together, I think is incredible for all of these reasons. And I just, I just can't get over myself, like how excited I am about like all of the talent and, and passion and, and, and perspectives and creativity and humility and knowledge that we have in our, in our, in our little room of, of coaches and uphill athlete and, and not just coaches, but, you know, also the, the broader team of people like, you know, our product manager that that works on helping us improve the products and and our our advertising team that helps us figure out how to how to tell the world about what we do and all these other um yogash who's helping us with our writing and telling our stories more clearly and i mean such great energy such great people
1: absolutely And I can attest to the fact that I have an Ascensionist from 2014 and it's still my favorite backpack and it goes everywhere with me. So something went right with that. A lot of things went right with that, but clearly that uh, process worked quite well
0: the only thing i would change would be the fabric but i can say the fabric was mostly a price decision because those like those those packs the 25 liter retailed for like 59 dollars, just like half of what any other product pack that size retailed for at that time so it was a good enough a good enough fabric at an incredible price it was pretty you know and then if you got into better fabrics it would you know pretty easily double or triple the price. And I think, I think it was a good decision for launching the line. It was really good.
1: I totally agree. And the fun thing is, is that I now have fun patches on it, just a few. And that yeah. gives it even more character. It's like, yeah. it's like a race bib. If you have a little bit of wear and tear on it, it means that you did something with it. You can't always have it pristine.
0: Yeah. I'm very proud of, I have this one pack that's actually uh a demo or a um a proto from that era and it was made out of non-woven dyneema which is a really durable all white uh fabric and it's a little bit of an off size too it's like 38 liter maybe 40 liter so it's a little bigger than normal and i was supposed to uh test one of the things i did uh, i sent it in and there wasn't enough wear on it so they were where the people in Ventura were complained that it hadn't been abused enough. So I actually drug it behind my car on the entire approach into the Black Canyon from the end of the pavement to the no- to the North Rim. And it's got all these, it's amazing. It has all these little holes and tears, but I still use that pack. I still use it. And I actually wish I had never drug it behind my car because that thing literally would have lasted my entire life had I not done that. <laughs> But anyway, that's a, that's a bit of a decide, but <laughs> they're great packs. How do we get it talking about packs we're supposed to talk about? Glassy.
1: I truly wish that there had been a video of you because I could just see some uh, climber being like, no, there it goes. Stop it, Steve. Um, yeah, well...
0: Well, first, I tried like clipping it to my uh, belay loop and just climbing with it hanging between my legs so it would like swing around and drag as much on the rock as much as possible. Not only was that really not that fun to climb with, but it didn't really work that way, it didn't make any holes. (laughs) Yeah, Um, anyway.
1: Well, that's great. Um, So I think, you know, is there anything else that you'd like to touch on before we kind of get to our last question, uh, which we've already been talking about uh, for quite a bit of the podcast, but anything more you want to add on?
0: And we have so many great uh, things to talk about and projects to share that are so so many so many pots on the stove right now um if people haven't heard from us in a while and haven't heard from me in a while it's not because i haven't been doing anything it's just because i've been too busy to do anything but do things and uh i'm so excited to share all that we have coming out these next months and years
1: definitely so, and
0: i think you want to talk about the podcast
1: yeah i do um i don't know if we want to get to like what are if you could narrow it down, the three things that you are most excited about um that oh, Apple boy. up? Yeah, it's a loaded question.
0: You know, the most, well, I'll just say I mean you probably know this, but it's it's the coaching team. You know, the coach coaching team is the kitchen where all the good goodies are baked, you know. Like the croissants, <laughs> like the like the like the bread, <laughs> like the tortillas, that's where all the good stuff comes from. <laughs> And I think that, that that team, the team that's kind of coalescing around this is, is really amazing. And um, I'm excited about, you know, kind of filling in what I see as some missing pieces in the website content. And I'm excited about expanding our storytelling into more visual storytelling. I mean, there are certainly people that are readers, but there's a lot of people out there who who listen and learn Orally, like my podcast listener crowd, for example, but there's also a lot of people that, that want to watch, uh, visually something, uh, story. And, you know, there's a ton of potential for us in the world of visual storytelling.
1: And that's something I'm
0: I'm anxious to get, um, get started on to next year.
1: Definitely. No, I think that's, that's awesome. Um, I will say that one of the things I'm most excited for in this kind of, uh, brings us to what is the future of the podcast? Because I know that that's a question that you've been getting a lot, Steve, is kind of, when's the podcast coming back? And we're here, we're back. Um, yep. And we are <laughs> we are really excited because um, we're going to be bringing quite a bit of focus um, within the podcast. So we're going to be focusing on specific, kind of doing a season um, with a A specific topic that we'll be tackling with that season um, and asking guests and kind of bringing on um, industry experts um, as well as your stories onto this podcast, focusing on this one specific topic. I don't know if we want to spoiler alert what it is, Steve. Uh,
0: not yet. Let's let them let them stew a little bit. And we still need to get our guest list squared away and whatnot. So let's uh, let's wait on announcing that. But I know that you're super excited that to that. And Alyssa's is taking on the role of podcast producer and she's just brought so much great energy and ideas and structure. And we have an audio engineer now. We're remastering all the old podcasts. So the audio is better And something that a lot of people have been asking for for a long time. So we're able to do that now. And yeah, it's uh, every podcast is just going to become better in every way.
1: Definitely. And uh, kind of our season podcast is a bit of a longer term project, but we will be putting out content um, at a more rapid process. So if you're going, no, we're going to have to wait for Uphill, you're not, um, because we are going to be touching on specifics um, within areas that Uphill is growing um, and continuing to build education. So we'll have an educational component, also introducing some of our coaches to talk about these specific topics. But um, just to give you an idea of what's coming up, we have our female Uphill Athlete, um, training groups and also just building on what's happened there. Uh, we've gotten a lot of requests for a tactical, um, so we'll be talking and doing a tactical episode. We are adding quite a few training plans and also just expanding upon that, translating them into different languages, um, and getting those um, getting it more compatible with uh, those fitness tracker devices. Um, That's yeah. a question we quite often. Yes. We also have a new director of coaching that will be coming up, um, talking about our media space, the nutrition restructuring, because um, nutrition, I know, is such a huge part of what we do. We can't do it without it. Um, and then our sports psychology and mental health comp- Piece. So those are kind of things we have coming up. We will have education laced into all of those as we always do. Um, so please look forward to that. Um, and, and ask for all of you, please rate, review and subscribe um, wherever you listen to this podcast. That really helps us to grow. It helps us to bring on great guests um, and is helps us to bring more content to you to help you climb your mountains.
0: Thank you for listening to the Uphill Athlete Podcast. Don't forget that you can access more resources or talk to a coach by visiting UphillAthlete.com. Check out our Instagram, Uphill underscore athlete, or write to us or write to Elisa, coach at UphillAthlete.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much for listening.